the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reid, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer, Ed Salzadel, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today we have a special guest, Dr. Fred Groves, who is a researcher and consultant with the Creation Ministries of the Ozarks. Dr. Groves has a bachelor and master's degrees in zoology and a Ph.D. in secondary science education with focuses on cognitive sciences and philosophy of science. He taught on the secondary level science for 12 years and has taught 26 years in higher education and rose to the level of professor. He has served as department head college of education at Missouri State University for eight years. He has publications on how to teach complex science effectively, resistance to change by teachers, overload of vocabulary in, in science texts, and retired in 2016 as a professor emeritus with Missouri State University. Welcome, Dr. Groves. Good to lead off question for this. For a guy, part of your job at Missouri State was training public school educators. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. What got you into creationism? Because that's almost persona non grata in public education. <laughs> You're correct that it is one way of definitely being on the wrong side of people in a secular university. Now, I came to teaching already as a creationist through, I had a total of seven to seven and a half years of training in evolutionary biology at the University of South Florida. And this helped me to really have a deep understanding of the whole process of evolution. I'm also, as I would have to say as an amateur, very interested in paleontology and have collected various fossils, uh, many which I have donated to the museum. But that's more of a hobby. But it put me into the world of paleontology as well. And so when it came to understanding the, both the claims and the limits of the evolution argument, I had quite a strong background. And I have continued that background over the decades, trying to keep abreast the latest arguments and, and progression. I started being a supporter of Answerance Genesis way back when it was first getting going. And it already began to accumulate a lot of the current literature coming out of creation science, even as far back as the 19, early 1970s. Now, I was a science and math teacher in, in secondary public schools here in Texas for 33 years. How did you tell teachers to handle any kind of creationist leanings they might have in the public schools? Okay, what I said is, uh, as a teacher in science teaching, first of all, much of what we teach has nothing to do with evolution. Right. Especially if we're in chemistry or physics, you get into it in the life sciences and earth sciences more, where it shows up in textbooks. My first teaching job was actually in a Christian school where I taught for four years, and then I did another three years as teacher and then as principal in another Christian school, but then after that I switched to public schools in the North Denver area for several years. And so I've had my exposure in both public and private, and my comments to, to teachers of both, especially the secular 
is many places you're going to get yourself in trouble if you teach creation directly but what you can do is simply point out various anomalies, issues, and then be open if a student asks you a question about creation, then you are free to answer it. Now, many liberal organizations will say you can't, but organizations uh, that's uh, like ACLJ and others that defend Christians in court cases, they have long pointed out that it is okay for a science teacher or any teacher if a student asks to honestly answer that question. And so you can. It doesn't mean somebody's not going to get mad and make a fuss. Uh, anybody can sue, as the saying goes, but it's winning it that counts. And so I made that clear to them. And at the beginning of each course at the university level, what I did was I told students, I am a follower of Christ, and I follow truth, and I am not postmodernist in my orientation. I just gave them that as a beginning, because I would say the majority of students were non-believers, but there was always, since this is, Springfield is called the buckle of the Bible Belt, for some reason I can't figure out, but uh, that's its name, there would always be some Christian student in the class, and I could notice who they were by the way they suddenly took notice when I would say that. So does that help? Yes, sir, it does. It mirrors what I did in the public schools. Now, I've been out now of the public schools for five years, but it was always my strategy that when we were presenting material, that if a question came up, I could answer it. And I would answer that from biblical creation believing point of view. And interestingly, now I don't know that this would be true today because our society and our schools are getting very antagonistic of creation and and Christianity. But in the 33 years I taught that way, I never had any pushback. Yeah, I actually never did either. I never had any trouble. My problem was when I got trouble over statements I made at a Baptist student ministry comment that happened there because there were so many people attending, they moved it over to the university auditorium. And they had a panel of five faculty who were supposed to all be Christians, and later turned out they weren't all, but never mind. They were asking, how do we handle our faith with working in a secular university? So we were all responding, and one student asked me near the end, did I believe that the accounts in Genesis are correct? And I said, yes. And everything seemed to be okay until the next morning when I opened my email to find out that two faculty members, well, there were two uh, grad students in biology there who took umbrage, and they told their professors, and those professors began to shoot around emails that as a state employee, I wasn't allowed to say such things, and on and on and on, <laughs> which it did help that the attorney for the university is himself a Christian, so it never really went anywhere other than that by adding the president, the provost, and the general counsel and a whole bunch of my dean and a whole bunch of other people in the list. It was kind of embarrassing to me. It stuck me out on right on top of the hill with a bullseye on me, but I just met with the guys, and, or one of them, and he said, Fred, if you just look at the articles in genetics and like Cell and Science and Nature, those journals and such, you'll find that they talk repeatedly about how there's going to be people are discovering ways that evolution has been shown to be true. And I said, well, I haven't done too much in those areas. My area is ecology and animal behavior. 
but said, sure, I'll look at that. And when I did, that was what really propelled me to getting involved with the museum and all, because in my job as a department head, that was just about off the radar. My job really didn't encounter this kind of topic at all. And so I was kind of idling. I began and I went through and examined a whole set of these and I found it interesting you challenge anybody else out there listening. When I went through and I found just dozens and dozens and dozens of articles, scientific research papers purporting to show how evolution can occur, and I noticed that every single one involved a team, not single people don't do this anymore, it's teams of up 10 to up to 50 people working in very advanced research labs following extremely strict protocols and control of all the variables and pH and temperature and buffers and every kind of thing, and plus isolating and purifying along the way. And I just noticed that every single article ever produced so far that I've run across shows intelligent design. You got a bunch of intelligent scientists following a clearly laid out very complex uh, laboratory protocol to show that random events happen, which is utterly ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams. If you'd like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. In an article, you were described as a CMOT researcher. Are you doing active research or as a resource for ministries of the Ozarks? At the moment, I am between actual research projects. My last one was, well, I've also, one thing wasn't mentioned, I also have done uh, shorebird research on various shorebird species along the Gulf of Mexico. That's my first area was working in straight science, behavioral ecology of various colonial testing shorebird species. So I have continued to keep an eye on that. I'm just amassing data, but I haven't gotten to a point I wanted to bring it all together into an article. So that, and also I'm a reviewer for the Journal of Creation. I do review work for them. Excellent. And so that is where I'm actively involved at the moment. Excellent. Now, I think you kind of answered uh, two of my questions. I was going to ask, how did you get attached to Creation Experience and Museum, and what is your background zoology that led you away from the evolutionary paradigm? And it seems like those two things were kind of melded together. Yeah, one was I was kind of idling along. I was a creationist. I hadn't really run into any challenges, so I was a little bit lackadaisical. And then when I was challenged that way, and that people wanted to get me fired, which was not possible, <laughs> obviously I kept on being a department head, it did energize me then to wake up and say, hey, there's a battle out there, and I need to get on the front line. So that's when uh, the Lord led me to this group of people, Dr. Rod Butterworth and a variety of other folks, medical doctors who are all concerned about this issue and were hoping to get a creation ministry involved in this uh, Ozarks area. And so, so I don't remember how I got to know them, but I did and got involved. I helped them from the beginning with the small one when we were just building an office for Dr. Rod and uh, all the way to now where it's this museum and I know that know you had interviewed him and that they're now working on a much larger scale uh, project to reach people who come to Branson. But uh, yeah, my background was first in science. I went into education with no education courses, and but uh, I learned what I knew about education from the military as a sergeant in the Army. I knew how to be a scientist, so I taught my students the only way I knew how, which is to go do science. We were blessed with 55 acres of scrubland around the school, Christian school, so I could take students out and actually show them things and 
built our classroom into is with every kind of critter possible that we can have that wouldn't hurt somebody. And <laughs> that's my way of doing science was hands-on from the beginning. I then began to notice that the great majority of teachers don't do that, and that's what propelled me to get interested in science ed and what can I do to science teachers become better teachers. Excellent. We thank you for your commitment to creation science in the Missouri area, and we thank God for telling you to get this done. Yes. Okay, well, I thank you for having me. Thank you, sir. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM 630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane, and for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzville, thanks for listening, and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.